Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. In an average day, 20 military veterans are lost to suicide. Canines for Warriors, the nation's largest service dog provider for veterans, aims to change this tragic statistic by rescuing shelter dogs and training them to provide crucial physical and emotional support, thereby transforming the lives of veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injuries, and military sexual trauma. On the line to tell us more is retired Army Master Sergeant David Crenshaw. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. Well, I want to start by saying not only thank you for your service, but also I've recently been told that there's a more meaningful meaningful way to express the same sentiment. And I kind of agree with this. And that is, thank you for our freedom. Yes. Um, you know, I've been hearing that a little bit more lately. And it is, um, it, it is refreshing to hear to be acknowledged in that sentiment. And I think for any veteran, you know, although I can't speak for anyone, I think any of us, you know, our response would still be the same, you know, it was our pleasure. Um, and I could definitely speak for myself. It was my pleasure. I would do it all over again. Well, tell us, what is the mission of Canines for Warriors and how did this program begin? So the ultimate mission is to end veteran suicide in its entirety. And, you know, we understand that's a, that's a large undertaking, one that we can't do alone. And, uh, you know, obviously we need the support of government and the community and, and the mental health community uh, aligned. But with that, Canines for Warriors started back in 2011 with who? the members like to call mom and her name was Sherry Duvall and she had a son or has a son that was in the law enforcement and in Florida. And he ended up deploying over to Iraq. Now he went on behalf of the state department. So he wasn't under the auspices of the U S military. Obviously he sustained PTSD from serving over there. And when he came home, there really was no avenue of a, uh, for treatment for him because he wasn't in the military. So he couldn't walk into the VA and say, hey, I'm dealing with compact PTSD. With that, his mom wanted to find a way to be able to kind of heal himself so he could return to work as a police officer. And he was a canine officer, like I said, and they had dogs and she had attempted to use the dogs as a therapy tool for him. And with great success with him, she started growing it from there, and now we have what we have today. How many veterans are estimated to be living with post-traumatic stress? You know, it's definitely, I believe, over a million post-9-11. The numbers are constantly fluctuating. It all is based off of, you know, we always have to always rely on the reporting factor as well, right? So we're going based off of what we know. We don't know how many of those who live with symptoms and don't know that it's PTSD that they suffer from. And then we have to live with the ones who do know or may not still know and go undiagnosed or untreated. So it's anywhere between one and three. You know, I've heard the average is 17 out of 100 
But definitely, I think roughly it's about a, a million veterans suffering from it. What would you say to a veteran who is struggling with post-traumatic stress, but is afraid to reach out for help? You know, and not just with veterans, it's with anyone. The, the big concern is the stigma, right? Uh, you know, we, we've come a long way in getting better at destigmatizing mental health in its, in, in its entirety. Some veterans are worried about what may happen with their job, what may happen with their families. And I just said, you know, I was there. I was that veteran. And I would say that, you know, with Canines Warriors, this is an opportunity for you to re-engage and heal in a manner that affords you dignity and your, the ability to advocate for yourself. And that's, I think, what a lot of veterans specifically, you know, I'm, I'm not bashing VA, but a lot of people have had, you know, a couple of horror stories with the VA where they know that what's going to happen if they walk in and say they have PTSD is the VA is going to prescribe them medicine. And I know that such as myself, I was not a fan of that. Because unfortunately, the medicine that they do prescribe you, although it may get rid of your anxiety and the other symptoms that you're suffering from, it's going to bring about another manifestation of problems, whether it's stomach issues or whether it's sleep issues or side effects of these medicines. And so, you know, we've seen veterans of upwards of 13 medicines be prescribed just for PTSD. I can tell you that through canines for words and having my service dog for four years now, I'm completely off of medicine. I'm speaking with retired Army Master Sergeant David Crenshaw. How many veterans have been paired with a service dog through Canines for Warriors? Nearly 900 to date, and we saved 2,000 shelter dogs. Is there a particular breed that typically gets paired with veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress? There's no specific breed in mind. Again, most of our dogs are shelter dogs, so most of them are mixed breeds. I would say from, from what I've seen, a lot of the dogs that are mixed are usually mixed with some type of lab, uh, which are great, you know. But, you know, the only, the only specific one that I could say that we do is for those who are allergic to dogs, they do look for hypoallergenic dogs for veterans that, you know, have allergies but still want to get a service dog. You've said that your service dog, Doc, truly transformed your life. Tell us how Doc helped you regain control. You know, he just allowed me to be... I always say this, and I, I think people take this word for granted, but to be human, you know, to, to have faults, to make mistakes, to have, you know, problems, so to speak. And, and the way he does that was he just provided that, that unconditional love, right? That it's, it starts there. It, that unconditional love and bond between a man and a dog is something that is just, it's, it's been around forever, right? We know that. That's why we call him man's best friend. But what it does is it allows for you to control your emotions with regulation, right? So maybe in like my case, I'm not looking at things in such an emergency situation or I'm not looking at things through the scope of combat. It allows me to stay grounded where I'm at in that moment. And therefore, I'm allowed to then process you know, emotionally, being emotionally intelligent and I process my emotions in a manner that are indicative to whatever situation that I'm in and not that of being back in combat. What are some of the tasks that service dogs, including Doc, are trained to do? So there's, you know, one of the big things is service dogs allow us to re-engage with the public. There's a lot of veterans who suffer from hypervigilance or isolation and withdrawal. So with that, you know, just having them on leash, as we call it, that allows us to get back out into the community, get back out to be able to shop in the grocery stores or do whatever, you know, everyday tasks that you would, that they've gone away from, it gives them that. Uh, some of the more specific things they'll do 
is if we're, let's say I'm at an ATM or a grocery store or something where I want stock to be able to look behind me. So that way I don't have to be looking over my shoulder. We could give him a command and he will go to the other side and watch my back. So I'm not, I don't have to be hyper vigilant in that moment. If I am out somewhere and I had a bout of anxiety come about, immediately I wouldn't have to go to a pill to alleviate that anxiety. I could just get down on one knee or have doctors jump in my lap. And just petting a service animal allows you to decrease that anxiety and that stress level, lowering your cortisol level, which will kind of get you, again, it grounds you and it brings you right back into that moment instead of that headspace that you might have been in. What's the training process like for these dogs who are rescued from the shelter? So it's a six to eight month process. The number one thing, obviously, they look for is health and temperament. And as long as they meet those needs, uh, the dog will be put through the training for those six to eight month period, depending on the dog of, of how quick they learn. And once that's completed, they match that dog with their warrior. And that process is a whole other process that's happening in the background. But when they match the warrior and the warrior actually goes down to the three-week residential program, then that warrior is there for three weeks with that dog. And the dog already knowing all the commands that they're, they're expected to do and perform, the tasks they're expected to perform, the warrior learns them, you work together, you make that team and that bond, and then you return home. And the process that I was speaking about in terms of the warriors is they have a system and series of interviews that they do. The first couple ones, obviously the first one's on paper or online. And then from there, they'll have a couple telephonic interviews with you. And then those last one is when in person, once you arrive and all they're doing the whole while is taking what you're looking to gain from like, from having a service dog. You know, what is it that you used to do that you can no longer do? Or what is it that you've never been able to do that you want to do? And they'll take that and mirror it to a dog. So I was an avid runner. I love running. So I wanted a dog that could be able to hang out and run with me. I wanted a dog that could be able to hike with me, keep me engaged in the community, be on the sideline of my kid's soccer field. And I mean, when you get your dog, I don't know of any one of the veterans that I've ever met through this program that has said that their dog wasn't the perfect match for them. Now, not every dog is meant to be a service dog. What happens to the dogs who go through the training but don't become service dogs? And this is what I think, uh, one of the many things that sets canines apart from other service dog organizations, we do not put our dogs back into the shelter. At the very least, we, we put them back up for adoption. But the big thing that they started, which is, which is instrumental, I think, reaching outside of the military side of the house, is creating the station dog program. And they put these dogs in police departments or fire departments. And it works both ways, right? The pendulum swings both ways with a dog, uh, a dog as a station dog. One, you're mitigating the stress levels of the officers or firemen or first responders or dispatchers within their respective organization. At the same time, if you have victims that come in off the street or community members that are in need of some type of emergency services, and it may be even that of mental health, that dog is also there to serve that purpose. And so it's a great tool to have. I think it's one of the new up and coming things. And I think we're getting ahead of the bell curve in reducing law enforcement and first responder suicide before they reach the numbers of, uh, you know, military service members. How is Canines for Warriors able to provide trained service dogs to veterans free of charge? It's, it's because of the amazing support that we get from people all over this country. You know, I'm constantly telling people that uh, nothing against the government, but they don't do enough, unfortunately. And there's no such thing as too much help for a veteran. 
There are, you know, plenty of veterans here in this country that are in need uh, for many a different reasons. And through the support systems of just everyday Americans coming together and supporting us and donating, whether they're donating their time at the kennels, whether they're donating financially, whether they're donating by adopting the dogs. I mean, there's so many different ways that they're giving to canines that canines is able to give back to the veterans. If a veteran thinks they could benefit from the services provided by Canines for Warriors, how can they get information about registering for the program? Caninesforwarriors.org. I would say, you know, go there, start there, read all the success stories. There, you know, there's no veteran story that's the same, but they, they are alike. And, you know, we treat for, we service dogs help alleviate PTSD, whether it's from combat, traumatic brain injury, military sexual trauma, and, or just PTSD from serving in the military. So there's, you know, you could go there and see the different success stories from the different people for what they came there for. And you, and I just tell people like, listen, you know, I understand there's a lot of different therapies out there and not everything's for everyone. But if you're looking for something that, you know, you could have a companion, someone that, you know, has got your back and you have their back, you know, giving a dog a purpose and that dog giving you a purpose. If you're looking for that, if you're looking to just re-engage and advocate for yourself, this is the place to be. This is the place to start. I've been speaking with retired Army Master Sergeant David Crenshaw. How can the community support Canines for Warriors? Again, we can continue just doing what's been done thus far. You know, there's a lot of different organizations, small organizations that come together to do fundraising events for Canines for Warriors. You know, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, I can't do much, but I want to do something. And like I said, even a dollar helps, right? You know, we don't want to sound cliche, but it really does make a difference. And, you know, this, the community is continuing to support the fundraising efforts that we do, support the volunteer efforts that are needed down there. Again, this is a 100% donation-driven organization. Everything from the dogs to, to the stuff that they supply for us, the equipment, while, while we're in training, everything is donated. So we can't continue to do this without the help of, you know, just great people in this country. Anything else we need to know about Canines for Warriors? I would say that the biggest thing, you know, if you're, if you're still a non-believer, you're unsure. Unfortunately, because of the high demand, there is a wait list. And the wait list is upward of 300 people. And that takes some time to get down, no matter how much we want to put out a quality product, not a quantity. And, you know, if you're, if you're someone who is, not sure if this is the thing that you want to do, at least look at it, put your name on the list. It's no harm, no foul. Don't sit here as a veteran and think that you're not deserving of it or that there's someone who is more deserving than you. You know, we, we've all had our own battles to fight, and but we're all on the same page of supporting each other. And I leave, I leave this with everyone that I tell. Out of the 900 warriors that we've graduated, only one to date has still committed suicide. I don't know of any other program through the military, through private sector that produces that type of outcome to only having one out of 900. To me, there's no medicine, there's no therapy, there's, there's nothing else out there that has proven this successful. Well, again, thank you for your service. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you for talking with us today and sharing about Canines for Warriors, which is helping to save both veterans and shelter dogs. My pleasure, ma'am. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.